1: Well, for the uninitiated, you might be wondering why that's a relevant song. And if you follow some of the uh, bandwagon nerds' wonderful polls and some of their jokes and PC Tani's humor within itself, you'll know that that is a song from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is kind of relevant for the holiday we have upon us. So, as you can tell from the people not doing intros, or I should say the person not doing the intro... Chris Platt is on uh, on assignment today because holidays, stuff happens, you know, turkeys, stuff's on fire. I don't know. He's just not here. So I'm doing the intro, and uh, with me, though, it's just a two-man show. But what would I be without PC, Tony?
2: Well, thank you there, sir. Uh, He's... He's all done with his cosmetic cat surgery. He's got the tail, he's got the whisker implants, screw implants. So it was nothing to do with that Mm -hmm. today. He's actually turkey hunting and not the turkey hunting that you would think, like out in the woods in a blind, calling in a turkey, everything else. He is, he's doing, he's doing a little urban turkey hunting. Um, He's he's out looking for a turkey and that's as much as I'm going to tell about his situation. But nonetheless, let's pull back the curtain a little bit more. We're recording very early on a Wednesday afternoon because we're both ready to get our Thanksgiving weekend going. So we're going to kind of get in here, give you a little bit of uh, uh, our opinion, and we're going to get out of here and hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. But, Andrew, you have a very interesting um, circumstance story-ish thing. I'm not really even sure. You, it, it, it seems like it's good enough for this show, though, on on how you were able to accomplish this afternoon's special recording, Thanksgiving edition yeah. of Pod is War.
1: Yeah, inter- interesting, not from the overly comedic sense, unless you like the, oh God, I work with morons kind of sense. So, yesterday, HR came up, because I was in the office, because we do a hybrid kind of in and out schedule, and told everybody in the office that as of about two weeks ago, the per- there was a person who ca- kind of had came in contact and tested positive with for COVID. Two weeks ago. Two weeks. Now, even if you don't get the fast test, it doesn't take two weeks to get those answers. So, I'm amused by this because it's ridiculous. But the reason why I got out early is basically because they decided to do a full scrub, so told nobody to come into work. And then my boss basically kind of told me, um, you know, log out whenever. It's a holiday. He's not going to bust my chops. But the irony of all of this is the fact that my job is probably the most reactive sloth-like job in the entire fucking world because we went into quarantine in March. Now, it's it's November as of, it, it, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Um, starting in September, they finally had plexiglass put up in the lunchroom so that you had to keep six feet distance. In September, already six months after the whole thing started, and now we're going to do a deep clean because somebody tested positive in November and two weeks after it happened, which means she probably made them aware of it late last week or maybe a day or two earlier or something like that. So I work with imbeciles. That That's why I figured it was a good talking point because it's like – it's really sad the type of people that are in charge of businesses, especially this one that's been around almost 100 years. But, you know, at this point it's one of those it's been in the family for a while, so – who has it now ain't the same people that started it. You know what I mean? It's funny that people didn't realize that, uh, personally, I think part of the
2: reason for the the re-spiking of COVID and everything else, like we knew it was going to happen, but I think something that fueled the fire, not not prompted it to start back up again, but when kids go back to school from age 6 to age 22, they are more apt to socialize and get congregate outside of school when they're going to school together than when they're not. And if you don't think that contributed to it from, you know, mainly I would say more of like the 7th grade and on kind of thing because you figure before middle school, 6th grade, 7th grade, you're generally doing whatever your parents are doing. Once you get to that age, you can be left with your friend or left at a mall somewhere or go to a movie by yourself, right? So they're doing they're not being policed as much because they get it 90 whatever I don't know exactly how many percent it could be lower don't see any symptoms at all you know so it's just it's hard to see why they kept running all these schools back I know parents have schedules and things of that nature and it's hard for their kids to be at home from school and stuff like that but it's the problem that we didn't get on it early enough and we didn't stay with it long enough that's just my opinion
1: no, you. I, I'm right there with you that I, I agree people got lax at some point and as soon as holidays kicked up or even election and all, all this other shit, as soon as stuff started opening up a little more and the, uh, the restrictions loosened, then everybody's like, oh, it's over. We're done. Okay, there we go it's the same thing as if you were grounded for two weeks and your mom kind of let you out a little early because she felt bad that you were moping in the corner. You know, and then, you know, you do something stupid and you're grounded again. So that's, that's exactly how this feels. So, yeah, we're stupid and we're grounded again. But I just... It takes so fucking long for my company to do anything. It's painfully, like, amusing in a sad way to me. It may not have been exactly the best story. Don't get me wrong. But I just... I really really am concerned for upper management and how exactly you get there depending on the person, you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, you want the silver lining? Sure, is it a playbook or is it something different? I got a beer you got a beer
2: we're both off of work tomorrow and uh now we're gonna pontificate sometimes positive sometimes
1: negative about wrestling how's that sound? Definitely sounds better than a deep scrub and possible COVID test. So, hey, there we go. Let's get to the first question. Hottest Deep scrub. TheChairShot.com. Always
2: use your head. Real quick, open your internet browser, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. Make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing wherever you're going. There's something for everybody there. Tons of great t-shirts. Do it soft style, just like Miranda, the queen of soft style. And while you're there, I'm sure you could try some form of promo code. I'm sure you could just put that in your internet browser and figure it out. Turkey might be it. That might save you. I'm not going to give you 100 bad ones like Chris would. Shout out to Chris, uh, who's literally turkey hunting right now. But head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. There's something. I wonder for... if that
1: promo code would work. Turkey hunt.
2: Turkey is hunt. That, is that too many letters, you think? Oh, you could mess up some letters there and put in something really bad. So. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. <laughs> There's a t shirt for everybody, and what a great stocking stuffer. All right, Andrew. So, what did you think of the 30th anniversary of The Undertaker? The tribute they did at Survivor Series, the whole way he came out and ended the show, um, all the people that they brought
1: down to the ring. What did you think of everything, first off? I suppose the pomp and circumstance was nice you know bringing back a bunch of the old faces some of the, the rivals that we talked about earlier and you know, last week or two weeks ago whatever that was when you had Greg come in and do the running and uh, but I don't personally I felt like it's it fell a little flat just because of the simple fact that we assumed he retired three years ago when he left his coat in the ring and it feels like that whole three years ago was kind of a retirement tour and like he was just kind of dragging ass to get to 30 just for this moment and the moment was just kind of like well we knew this was coming it's a little less special to me like it it still was cool it was still nice to see everything and he officially put it into words that he was retired but I'm, I'm also I guess a little uh, disenfranchised by it because good god he's been on like the interview scene for everybody not just Stone Cold that popped up after Survivor Series but like Hot Ones he kind of answered similar questions and he's been he's been breaking kayfabe for like two years almost I suppose though
2: when you do such a good job at not doing that and are they probably like the last cowboy you know out there completely maintaining kayfabe for the most part towards the end of his career that when it happens he's he's all uh, yeah he's got a TikTok account too now right I mean, yes, I, exactly. I, I was disappointed they didn't announce him for the Hall of Fame right away, although maybe they're not going to do a Hall of Fame if there's no fans, and, and, and I would be okay with that because it's not like you need to be in a gigantic hurry to get Undertaker in, right? Um, it's not True. like he's Ric Flair's age or that kind of... I mean, that being said, you never know when people are going to go. I get that, but health-wise, you don't really see the Undertaker. like He's going to be around for a while, um, so you can wait a year, but... I, I thought it was weird that he didn't get into the ring Or interact with those guys Just all came out to the ring and then they were gone And that was the end of it So that was kind of weird to me um, So mm-hmm. I, I guess I love seeing all those guys come out And I loved seeing those guys interact with each other That was probably my favorite yeah. part of Survivor Series Ric Flair actually hugged Mick Foley And you seen him hesitate That's real They don't hate-hate each other Like they wouldn't not save each other's kids But they don't necessarily like each other For a long time
1: well, now, the question is, did he hesitate because of that? Or did he hesitate because he had to ask, like, are you okay with this because of, you know, COVID and social distancing? Because I saw a lot of people on Twitter were like, I got Ajita seeing all these, like, over 50 wrestlers in the same ring piled next to each other. It's like, they, they're they mostly the at-risk kind of thing, especially, like, the Godwins and Flair and stuff like that. So it's yeah. like, was this really a great idea? <laughs>
2: i think the coolest thing i seen too was who was already out there um show was out there party was out there whoever came out before them was out there and then the godfather's music came on and they were all Mm -hmm. like they weren't like they weren't like dancing because they were trying to get the godfather over or because someone told them to dance they heard the godfather's music and they wanted to just kind of Shake and move a little bit, and I thought that was really cool. You you could see it was natural, and that's kind of the mm. the the respect and nostalgia part that I really liked as far as those interactions.
1: Fair enough. No, I, I'm not disagreeing about that. It was nice to kind of just see them naturally react to things and just get along and enjoy each other's company. Kind of felt like one of those raw reunion shows without being like over the top and forced down your throat.
2: Completely agree. Completely agree. So, what do you do? You agree with me then? Like last thought on the Undertaker thing that. Likely, he they may not do a Hall of Fame thing without fans this year. What do you think is going to happen that way? And do you think Undertaker, when he goes in, would go in by himself?
1: You have to think they have to. They 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 should be making the the pool smaller every year, because having like seven posthumous multiple random hall uh, like. Uh, distinction people like you know what they they had like Bruno San Martino beforehand or not even him because he actually got actually voted in or brought in when they finally buried the hatchet. But there's so many older, like, I think Argentina Rocca's in there, and, like, Killer Kowalski and shit like that that weren't around for it, so they just put him under, like, what, the, the Hall of Famer, or, or the, like, the classic or legends ring, like, wing, whatever that is, and then there's the celebrity wing, and then there's, you know, the guy who, who, you know, tied your shoes wing, whatever the fuck it is. So it'd be nice if it kind of turned into more like the baseball Hall of Fame, where there's one or two, if there's any, like, make it actually feel special again instead of just, like, a participation award because that's kind of of become the meme. I know everybody's like, well, Coco B wears in there. Anybody's going to get in there. But that also becomes the logic because WWE gets to make up their own parameters because it's their fucking Hall of Fame, so who gives a fuck? But it'd be nice if there was something more tangible and there's one or two where just a big name and maybe a manager or some shit like that. Well,
2: let's talk about the difference in eras too because... Coco Beware, like, did he even hold any titles in WWE? Because if he would have come along now, and yes, I know that his actual gimmick from them would be kind of dated right now, but, like, he would—he was a smart guy. He, he knew how to work and everything else. He would have made it somewhere. Like, he would have won tag titles or 24-7 titles or IC titles or U.S. titles nowadays. I think he's absolutely at that level. Just to kind of make a broad stroke comparison to the 80s and... 2020 yeah but there were there were four comparison but you know everybody's
1: gonna be like in the 80s there were
2: in the 80s there were four belts in all of WWF and one of them was around the waist of one person mainly okay so there were three Mm -hmm. belts (laughs) and he wasn't a tag team guy so you know now you compare to what you have now I'm just saying I'm not trying to get Coco beware over I'm just talking about the difference in times
1: no, I get you. And I think it's because of the difference in times that the perception is that he was just the jokey enhancement talent kind of guy. So people will compare like Otis to him. You know what I mean? Or like the Leon Ruff thing to like a Coco Beware thing. And it's that's that's a perception problem because everybody's going to, you know, people shit on Meltzer saying it's his opinion. You're like, the fucking Observer Hall of Fame doesn't matter because fuck, it's Meltzer. And they kind of do the same thing with WWE. Like, well, that, that Hall of Fame doesn't really matter because it's their own kind of thing. It would be nice if they kind of heard that and adjusted to be a little more of an elite of the elite kind of thing where there has to be like a big push, which that could be a storyline within itself. Like, if somebody really liked somebody from back in the day, you could make a push for that like campaign, t- turn the entire storyline for a character into campaigning for somebody to get in the Hall of Fame. Instead of just, we're announcing this because we can. You know what I mean? The funny thing is, is who do you give that power
2: to? Because the people that say that it's opinion, right? And I get it, and it's one person's opinion, or this opinion. And usually it's the person with the most money's opinion who owns it, it's opinion. But, if, oh, you cook, if, you, <laughs> if you equate it to, to sports, like the people who write about it, they actually vote in To the hall of fame right so who who do you do you really want to give that power to like who and the problem is is there's only one league for mlb in the hall of fame right there's so many different wrestling leagues if you will that's why you know who's wwe really going to give the power to i mean former hall of famers that vince doesn't even like it's why you know it's all vince's playground it's all you get to watch this story vince has in his head that he's still a little kid playing with army figures basically and showing Mm -hmm. you watch he's gonna stand over here and come out from behind the couch and then pew 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 this guy's on a diving mission he pops up and shoots him because i'm really (laughs) just still playing gi joe in my head with (laughs) 260 pound wrestlers in the ring and i'll be honest with you it's entertained me since the early 80s
1: no i get you and I I understand your point and I, I agree with it completely, but I think it was either you or Chris that a little bit ago we're talking about the draft and how you wish they did what they did. What was that two years ago when they actually had the war rooms from the different USA and Fox and as they cheesy were, as it was, and you would have liked you would have liked that for aesthetic. So even if it's like. You know, Pat Patterson or like Briscoe, like anybody older that's still around, because I can't remember which one passed away, because I think one of them did, but the other didn't. And, you know, older legends, and you just make them your board of like review board or your Hall of Fame committee, it would be something. It would make it a little more tangible. A little less 12 people go in and we have to announce different Hall of Famers for like a month and a half and so draw it out.
2: You, you're not saying you want slight legitimacy. You're okay with a dog and pony show, though, when it really just comes down oh, to yeah, you. That's, it's that's, that's, that's fake. That's what wrestling and, okay. is. Wrestling so, is a dog okay. and pony
1: show. I get, it. I get it. So, you want a little more pomp and <laughs> circumstance around it. I understand. That's yes, fine. That's exactly. fair. I get like it. Like I said, that's that's one of the few legitimate things that I still love about baseball and by that I just mean like baseball watching it's a little boring but the legitimacy of the Hall of Fame where you can have people like Daryl Strawberry or whatever it took a while to get in like Ken Griffey Jr. is a, a slam dunk but it like it'll take like Kenny Lofton a little bit and people have to like really get over the hump be like he was good but was he that good or like David Justice kind of stuff so
2: here's, or like John Cruck or whatever here's a, here's a proposal then for, for something that you might like and they can maybe actually do this every living Hall of Famer gets to pick five people that they would put into the Hall of Fame that aren't in the Hall of Fame every year. And then you tabulate that up and come up with and then like do the three that get the best most votes going. And then you can yeah, have all... Or
1: over a percentage, like seventy percent or seventy five or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get you I I would like that as just a dog and pony show, bullshit kind of thing, even if it's not lit legit. Even if they don't like show their ballot every fucking week on Twitter or whatever, be like, Oh yeah, Ric Flair voted for this and he took like a Snapchat of it or some shit like that. I don't give a fuck. Like the concept is actually if, sound, I
2: think. Yeah, if they made it what if they just made it five people get in every year and that's it? And the Hall of Fame, people who are already in the Hall of Fame pick three by doing some kind of vote and percentage, and
1: then Vince picks two. That works, especially since you have all the extra awards now, like the Warrior Award and the what the sujin g Komen thing that they kind of do i think is something and now if they really do do something for like shad or just give him the warrior award next year or whenever the next time they do it like it it there's plenty of awards to go around where it can still be a little conflated but i, I would like a little more dog and pony show
2: folks we will be right back to talk about the wrestling
0: action from survivor series
1: promotional consideration paid for by the following Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Well, it seems like this always happens when Chris is not on the show. And this could just be a gimmick I continue to do. But Survivor Series, for as underwhelming as the paper card was, aside from maybe Asuka versus Sasha, I did actually enjoy the show. It wasn't as much as I enjoyed Hell in a Cell, but it was a solid show. Drew versus Roman was a good match. The uh, New Day Street Profits stole the show, in my opinion. Like we saw on paper, we actually got a decent. Yeah, turnout for Sasha Asuka was really great. Sure, there were certain things that were filler or shitty, like Lashley and Zane. But, like, generally speaking, it was a really good show. And I can't really complain too much, because, yeah. And, you know, personally, gimmick-wise, I love the fact that Lana went over as Soul Survivor. I thought that was adorable, how they just kind of like, you, You don't move, don't fuck this up. And it worked. She won. And uh, the, like Nia and Bianca's face afterwards was fucking fantastic.
2: <laughs> well, it looks like if you move the storyline forward through Raw that Lana and Oscar are probably going to get a title shot at, uh, at, at Shayna and uh, Nia. Which is interesting. Maybe they do a thing where, you know, the world title's on the line as well at the next pay-per-view, and whoever gets the pinfall, their team wins the tag titles, and that person is the world champion. So you could see a match where Lana pins Shayna, and wins the world title from Asuka and they become tag team
1: champions. Think about shit like that. I know I've seen TNA do that a little bit when they had the knockouts belts initially, and that's always fun. Whenever it's you lose a tag match and you lose your actual belt, which that's that's really good. Like I, I can't even complain about that. Like I was trying to think of maybe an angle which I didn't like it, but that would be perfect because it would protect Asuka. It would make Lana kind of look like a, a bit of a liability. And it's, it's good to put the belt on somebody new and then have Asuka chase, because Asuka's fun chasing.
2: Listen, the the likely thing, though, uh, with WWE booking would be that, you know, if Shayna or Nia pin Lana, they retain their tag titles. If they pin Asuka, they become champion. And the fact that if Asuka's team wins, they would just, Asuka would keep her belt. That's likely a WWE thing. I don't ever see the belt going
1: on Lana. Yeah, no, I can't either. <laughs> I just... Lana's, Lana's, a, an aesthetically pleasing, you know, superstar. But, good God, she is not a great wrestler. She's improved. I'll give her some credit. She's she has trying. gotten better.
2: But her and Billy Kay are about but, in the same boat.
1: I was gonna say her and Eva Marie are about the same boat. Because Billy Kay, I've seen her do all right. Like Billy Kay can kind of go like in NXT a little bit, but she she characterizes and gimmicks too much. And if you're Peyton one, Royce does the same thing. Well, Peyton yeah, Royce but if, steers but if, into the gimmick too fucking hard sometimes.
2: I was going to say, though, if you're wondering why Billy Kay and Peyton Royce aren't together anymore, is because Peyton Royce is far and above, way past Billy Kay's talent in the ring. She's also perceived
1: that way, though.
2: I'm not saying Peyton Royce is one of the best women's wrestlers, or even in the top 50 in the no. world. No. But when you're comparing Billy, when you're comparing Billy Kay and Peyton Royce abilities in the ring and actual wrestling flow and enjoyability and you know believability,
1: it's not even close. I'll give you that one. But Peyton was also kind of always billed as the lead in that tag team. Like they, she was the uh, the prettier one. She was more of the main attraction. You know, just generalizing. I don't care which one people like. I'm not saying one's insanely more attractive than the other because like i We're not even gonna judge that way. But I'm just. Peyton was always kind of at the forefront, and I'll... people be you know people would always mention how attractive Peyton was and all this other shit. And Billy was just kind of the best friend, right? And no, I. Just like William Regal said in his jokey little. Uh, little clip that was on Twitter when he was talking about uh, what the hell was it, the Io Shirai Ria match or whatever the hell it was, and he just kind of ends it with, I ain't never seen two pretty best friends. And he just kind of gives that all-girlfriend kind of look and walks away. And it's just like, it's very true. There's usually the pretty one and the not-so-pretty one. And Billy gets saddled as the not-so-pretty one most of the time.
2: I'll give you all of that from an overall perspective. My point was almost more specifically like, it's just too bags of bones working in the ring take every personality and everything away no do you know what i'm saying it's weird to say it like that but like
1: no, I she's I was a little gonna... gangly and awkward at times no no yes. no no no.
2: no. Not... i'm talking about like watching them sp- specifically just work in the ring take away the personality take away the character take away the looks take away the push just watching them actually work in the ring it's not even close
1: I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't really paid attention to one of their matches in a while. Like the the last one that I enjoyed was the tag team, what Helena's cell or elimination chamber that they were in. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yep. Which they both did pretty well. So after that, they were like off of TV for like fucking forever because of I don't know quarantine or whatever they were doing. And they came back and they never felt like they kind of got into a flow again. So I don't know if that that just hurt Billy more. So she just kind of lost whatever momentum she had and then just kind of phoned it in a little bit but I'll, I'll agree for sake of argument that Peyton is more talented generally speaking but it's it's not like there's a huge gap <laughs> you know what I mean we're talking like the difference between like 15th and 20th
2: anything you want to touch on with Sasha Banks here
1: oh a lot of things but that's for a different podcast hey now <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice, Beaver. Yeah, but that
1: that was a good match. Like that that was a good match, though. Like I I enjoyed it. It was oh, technical, yeah. and then it ends with, you it it ends with what the roll up. So that was really nice. Where it's it's clean, but it's not clean clean. So it's like she caught Asuka and didn't straight up beat her for dominance. And I I, I like that. And I've always kind of been on the Sasha team of she's a good wrestler. She just really really I get either gets too full of herself or tries to do a little too much and then she ends up looking like a moron when she like catches her foot on every dive she's ever done or just you know looking a little awkward mid something here or there so and then that just gets her a bad rap
2: did you watch Raw last night or from
1: Monday I mean I I only watched a couple clips like mainly the Firefly Funhouse and so Alexa and Nikki
2: you didn't see any of the New Day Hurt Business Tag Team Match
1: that went to, no, I did not. That went to two Wait, breaks. wait, before Survivor Series or like a couple days ago? A couple days ago. Oh, I didn't know they ran that back again. Okay, no. Yeah, they did.
2: A New Day Retained, it was just, it seemed like either they were planning a storyline where they kept messing up, but like it was just not good. Cedric Alexander, Sheldon Benjamin, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. He's been in the business forever and I just see him flub lines and mess up storylines in the ring like they were supposed to what was it supposed to be they were supposed to win by count out and it ended up being her business was supposed to win by count out and it ended up being a double count out so the announcer said double count out but the announcers at the table talked about how the hurt business won and mvp got on the mic and said you're gonna really let us win like that as if they messed up and shelton never got back in the ring on time and Kofi stayed out, they were both out Do you see what I'm saying? Like, that happened So, like, their, uh, the MVPs on the mic going You're going to let us win like that? And and Kofi's standing up at the ring and going You didn't beat us, We it was double count out And, like, they're standing And they just, it was horrible I was like, what is going on? Why is this happening? And then I kept thinking the whole time That they were going to win the belts Even though all this was happening, right? And they didn't, thank mm-hmm. God So, I, I'm sorry, I'm I just
1: talking about flubs no, that that's fair, and I mean Shelton even flubbed his line a little bit the raw before Survivor Series. That's what I'm so, talking about. Shelton's never been known as a talker. No. Let, let's let's give him that one. You like, have one
2: thing to say when you get there, and you're
1: standing there, and you just fucking say it. I mean, come on now. I mean, he he could get nervous. You never know. Like maybe he's just not over stage fright at this point. You, talking is different for everybody. I mean, you know, you 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 can't you can't shame people for that nowadays pc because you you saw people come to like no you saw people come to like biden's aid whenever he flubs lines and say he's he's not he's not he doesn't have dementia what he does is he has a stutter and he just tries to replace words because uh he's trying to cover a stutter and um any kind of negative comment about that you're being ableist so how dare you be ableist pc maybe shelton has a stutter and you just don't know cuz you're just too busy in your perfect pc world and you're just you're just being a degenerate how dare you you're going to get canceled Sh-
2: sheldon benjamin is 45 years old <laughs> and he's been wrestling for 20 fucking years you can go fuck yourself <laughs>
1: Chairshot.com. Always use your head.
3: Sierra. Hotel.
1: India. Echo. Lima.
3: Delta.
2: Shield. Hey folks, listen up. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog with products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. angrylemonade.net.
0: This is my yard now. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com.
2: Folks, let's take a trip around the world and check out the global and and intercontinental wrestling landscapes. The crowd seems psyched for this, Andrew. Why don't we start halfway around the world in New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't really bring that into a planes, trains, and automobiles kind of reference because it, it was yeah. right there with the trip around the world and could have tied that all in together.
2: I'm glad you brought that back up, and and uh, I will be watching that tonight. Actually, I, will, I watch every Thanksgiving. I watch planes, trains, and automobiles either on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not going out on amateur night tonight. Uh, been there too many <laughs> times. <laughs> don't don't need it. and plus with COVID, who knows who's even going to go okay. out and everything else. So, gonna be hanging back. I uh, did some cooking this morning, but yeah, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles—it's it's it's the ultimate
1: Thanksgiving movie.
2: There we go. Big ups to Delgro. So you
1: you you have to play take a plane because a train and an automobile won't get you to Japan. But regardless, let's uh let us just go over real quick World Tag League standings. We've got uh, Shingo Takagi and Sonata are currently in first place in the World Tag League. It's It's been amusing. Like Their, their matches have been alright. World Tag League has not lit the world on fire, which is kind of part of the reason why I'm not exactly in love with watching it. But at least Takagi and Sonata have been funny because Takagi's not used to talking as much as he has to because Sonata does the stoic, cold skull, I don't talk, I'm too pretty and too cool for this kind of thing. So Shingo gets to talk a little more and show some of his comedy chops, which harkens back to... Uh, his Dragon Gate days, when he was actually the final Owadi Gate champion, which is the comedy belt, which you actually had to do goofy f- comedy matches, which it's just amusing to think about.
2: So, do you think? San, and do you think, and, if, do you think okay. if WWE had a belt like that, Santino would have won it?
1: Probably, but our truth has it right now because that's basically the well, 24/7 title. <laughs> there you
2: go. There you go. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I wish Santino was still yes. healthy. I would love to see a match for that 24/7 title between.
1: Uh, R Truth and Santino. Well, I mean, he, he did, Santina did make an appearance, and I know Santino's done, or er, under under his real name, whatever his real name is, something Corelli or whatever it is, because I think he did Bloodsport, one of uh, Josh Barnett's things, uh, uh, one or two Bloodsports ago, or at least he was maybe aware for it, or, like he was signed for it, but that might have been the one that got canceled because of COVID. So if he's good enough to do Bloodsport, he might be in a little better shape, but that could also just be a played out gimmick at the moment. So World Tag League's not the only tournament going on at the moment in new Japan. We've also got best of super juniors cause they're doing them both at the same time. And that's, that's a lot closer. It's a, uh, it's kind of a, a three-way tie, you know, not, not including tiebreakers and stuff like that, but Hiromu Takahashi, Taiji Ishimori and Master Wato and all of his blue glory have eight points. So with, each one has, it looks like, one match left. Or, no, actually, four matches left. I can't count. <laughs> but, uh, so, th- there could be a little boomer mix up there, because there's, a- there's a lot of closeness. There's two people with a big, big old donut, with Doki and Yuya Urimura, the-, the young lion. But you got a lot of sixes, you got some fours, you got the three-eighths. It's still kind of anyone's game with all the matches left. So, New Japan's
2: clearly, obviously, in their home stretch, heading towards... Wrestle Kingdom. What what's the biggest you know, undetermined thing that's left out there for fans of New Japan Wrestling leading into Wrestle Kingdom? Because a lot of the things have just sured up as far as like, you know, the top belts.
1: I mean, I think the biggest question that most people have is is Moxley going to show the fuck up? Like you know, because depending, I think they still have their two week holding period for quarantine, so maybe that could play into how AEW works next week because I think that's Omega's challenge is the 2nd of December. So if Omega wins, that could then open up Moxley to take a little bit of time off, go to Japan, maybe drop that belt because I don't know how much they'd want him to lose the U.S. title as their world champion. So So that kind of seems like how that's going to play out.
2: I think this is a perfect time to and, and we can spend a little time on New Japan. We we don't have to dig into everything else, but do you think that AEW was set to have a larger relationship with New Japan than they were able to have considering what happened with COVID? Because when they started their federation, there was probably four or five months before everything got ramped up and you know, I know what was going on out there, but those negotiations go back months before that. I, I feel like
1: that is really hurt AEW to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure given the way I understand how New Japan works and the feelings they had they were more jaded from think so? Omega and the bucks leaving they they I don't think they're they're receptive like they're they're receptive to each individual wrestler and opening up for them like Moxley has a personal contract with New Japan and AEW that they had to kind of work that out. Jericho had a contract before AEW was a thing. None of this is really AEW implemented this contract, and that's why they're doing it. It's all stuff that as soon as Moxley was released, he wanted to do G1, so he made sure he got with New Japan. Tony Khan didn't set that up. And because of the bad blood and because they're not... I mean, probably because, also partially because Impact kind of burned them last time. They did like a a talent swap or kind of a, a lending. They might be a little more apprehensive. So is you, know, RO- you never know. Is-,
2: is ROH still the only company to really successfully do great business with New Japan simultaneously? I mean, I'm totally looking at this from a state's point of view because New Japan does not need anything from America whatsoever. They're going to thrive in Japan no matter what. But companies that Correct. aren't WWE seriously get a gigantic boost i mean if you look at like the pop the height the end of the height of roh when you had the elite and everything else there was talent coming back and forth all over the place
1: roh has probably done it the best and that is to roh's detriment though because if you think about it who were the biggest draws the elite cody like whenever tanahashi showed up they he drew. Shinsuke drew when he was there. AJ was a big draw. You were you really don't get the ROH guys. They didn't really put, you know, Briscoes on top over too many of the New Japan guys. They got kind of clumped in with it. You didn't really get Taven going over New Japan guys. He just kind of went I, over on the I mixed can, show, but here. it... Just so,
2: just so we all know, yes, I'm a bit of an ROH guy. Not lately, but w- once Taven started being, and I don't really have anything against Taven, honestly, it's just a turning point in the company for me. I mean, Dalton Castle goes out and he's injured, and he was your champion, and then Taven, and that's that's pretty much was the end of ROH for me.
1: I agree because I like Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle's got a good look. He had good charisma. I, I like what he brings. And Taven, Taven was never the the guy to me like he's just kind of always a b plus player to you know coin the the wwe phrase that they use about Bra- uh, daniel Bryan, but uh, i don't know roh is trying to find its legs and the problem is i think they kind of cut their legs out from underneath them because of new japan because they put so much focus and stock into pushing them shit i think what juice and finley were in what was it called bloodline or something like that or it was some, some life's blood like some no, shit No,
2: it was bloodline. <laughs> i think i'm pretty sure it was bloodline that was recently that but was that was about eight to twelve months ago that was
1: like right before covid yeah. and like right at the end like during that taven rain and they were getting pushed as big players you know and it's if you're pushing juice and finley is relevant what's what's that say what's yeah. what's that really say
2: there there is still talent there there are still some people that are there are really talented that'll never make it to AEW or WWE and then there are other talents there that that could but it's just not not anywhere near what it was at its height or not even anywhere near what it was maybe three years ago
1: yeah no lies detected I agree (laughs)
2: last thoughts on New Japan
1: I can't wait for them to get done doing this double tournament thing because the tournament's not stacked the people are kind of The matches are a little lackluster, aside from one or two here or there, and the show goes on too damn long because it's five matches from each tournament. So that's a that's a three hour at least show of eighty percent mediocrity. So I'm like, eh, I don't. If if I wanted this, I'd watch Raw.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like Raw over the summer. (laughs) Let's.
1: (laughs) That's my (laughs) boy. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. I'll I'll real quickly. I'll just say Raw has been pretty darn good the last eight of the last 10 and smackdown's been pretty good like nine out of the last 10 but that's just me i'm a wwe guy let's move forward let's talk about a company that has has had or is going to have depending on what you know or don't know uh, a really good championship match mlw
1: Oh, I think that was last week because I don't actually know what their card is for this week, so I should probably look that up as we're doing this. But they had, from what I understood, well, while you're looking that it up, was Jacob, a really
2: good match last week. Yeah, Jacob Fatu taking on Davy Boy Smith um, Jr. Yep. So, I mean, let's put it out. Let's start with this here. Platt thinks Fatu should be in WWE. What do you think?
1: I mean, it wouldn't hurt him. He's, he's got that Umaga kind of look if they kind of just gave him the, the wild Samoan kind of gimmick, which is yes, borderline racist, borderline played out, don't get me wrong, but it works, and it would also be a decent challenge if Roman takes this head-of-the-table thing for a while and maybe beats Rocket Mania, if that's where we're headed. Somebody else from the family who can actually challenge him, like a Fatu, like a Jacob Fatu, would be, it'd be an interesting way to make him real quick, because he's big, he's athletic, And like I said, he's got that Umaga kind of look. So we know that already resonates with most of the fans because Umaga was never unpopular, if you really get what I'm saying.
2: No, Umaga was great. I mean, just remembering Umaga, Rikishi was one of the guys that came out for Undertaker as well. Uh, You think about, like, (laughs) a lot of people... A lot of people know. A lot of people still don't know. Yokozuna is Mullen. So it's like you know he's not Japanese. What are you what? talking about? <laughs> what? So it's it's just these guys can work, and they have a look and a shape. I mean, go back and watch Yokozuna in his AWA days. Man, he was he was even probably 30 40 pounds lighter than he was when he first started in WWE watch him move back then but anyway Jacob Fatu I I think I agree with Platt I would love to see that I'd almost like to see him get brought into the family first and be the one that Roman pushes away or something as a feud with
1: I get that I do and it's interesting I don't know where they're gonna go with it with the Roman thing after because you have to assume if they do do the rock thing rock is gonna put him over so then what do you do do you make sure joe is healthy and just have it be like a samoans you know samoan fight and like instead of like he's not part of the the fatu family but at least since he's samoan it's fight for the island kind of thing and then fatu could maybe come in as samoa joe's reinforcement maybe then turn on joe because he's part of the family you know there's a lot of ways they could do it i don't know what fatu's contract looks like because I want to say he got re-signed to a similar contract that Hammerstone did where it was like a a decent couple year extension during COVID cuz MLW tried to lock them both up because they're the the bigger players for MLW.
2: Let's put it this way though. I think MLW is in a league underneath New Japan and AEW where if WWE really wanted somebody, they'd just buy out the contract or make a deal with MLW for some kind of giving them some kind of network time or play old stuff like WWE seems like they could easily go in and take Fatou from MLW
1: if they wanted to, in my opinion.
2: And it doesn't seem like they want to. That's also assuming
1: Fatou wants to.
2: Right. It doesn't seem like either party's interested right now, unfortunately.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I I agree with that assessment right there. Because I know Hammerstone recently did the interview with uh, Chris Van Vliet. And he, he talked about kind of liking the fact of being the top guy to try to carry a company up instead of getting kind of lost in the wash in a bigger one. I think he he talked about failing his tryout three times at WWE anyway. So it, it's one of those interesting things that I think MLW's got a good crew that's actually loyal to the brand. And while Fatou would thrive in WWE, I'm not disagreeing with you or Chris at all. I don't see it anytime soon, but I, I could see an angle if they wanted to, but I just don't see it anytime soon.
2: Well, shout out to AJ Kirsch, and let's hit the other side of that championship card from last week. What about Davy Boy Smith? I mean, this is a guy who had, you know, aspirations of WWE and things of that nature. He's made a good career for himself uh, on the upper indie scene, if you want to say that, for the most part.
1: I, I don't know—is that an accurate assessment? Well, depends on what you consider Japan. I mean, he had a
2: Well, I'm talking about local. I'm talking about in America.
1: Because I mean, he made most of his relevancy back in Japan when he was in pro wrestling. Noah, that's where the Killer Elite Squad started, and the Suzuki Gun thing. Right. Then he brought that over to New Japan because the whole the whole gimmick with Suzuki Gun at that time was they were banished to Noah, so then they had to come back at and some, they made the big thing.
2: At some point, he had a cup of coffee with
1: Jake. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> you good I- now? I'm really proud
2: of myself for that one. Sorry.
1: Go ahead.
2: Why don't you finish up our MLW talk?
1: So, yes, Davey Boy's made a better name for himself outside of WWE, be it if you want to consider it Japan or the upper indies, whatever you consider that. And, I mean, what has? I'm, I'm struggling for, for a sentence because he's not exactly the youngest youngest horse in the barn anymore so does he even want the WWE thing like is this just gonna be his thing where he's gonna be the the enforcer kind of of the upper indies or of like the quote unquote B team because like I could see he he would do great in impact he would he does great in MLW he'd be really good in ROH if they had a thing I mean AEW would probably fuck him up so let's not put him there because he's over six foot one so let's let's just kind of keep him elsewhere
2: I feel like he is enjoying what he's doing and having the freedom to do what he wants, where he wants, what he wants, shorter-term contracts. I'm guessing there is plenty of business for him with that name, and he's making plenty of money doing it wherever he wants. So kudos to him. I, I just wish I could see him in a, in a bigger spot, personally.
1: That, that, that's a fair, fair desire. I, I'd like to see him flourish on a bigger stage, too, but... Like you said, he's enjoying it. He was able to bring the Heritage cut back, which obviously means something to him and the family and the lineage. So I, th- I think he's in a good spot.
2: Let's delve into NWA real quick. I know they've been doing a lot of things back and forth with UWN. People have been going around and around, and they got something new coming up.
1: They do. So I'd, I don't know if it was announced on UWN because I didn't watch that show yet. Uh, but I know I saw it on Twitter was that they decided to announce that they're going to return to weekly episodic content and they're going to call the the show Shockwave. So this is not the the soup from the boys that got destroyed. This is their new show. I guess they decided to move away from power, call it something different. Joe Galley was promising new new matches that we haven't seen. Granted, I don't know if that means that's pre-tapes from before that never made air and they're just going to give us kind of old stuff because to be fair i don't even know who the hell is still signed with nwa besides like nick aldis and like like what aaron rex whoever wants to play the question mark and maybe maybe elijah burke because he's the uh the national champion or whatever the hell it is so like I just, who the fuck does nwa have Like, I mean, Serena Deeb's in AEW. She signed with them before she won the NWA uh, Women's Championship, so. I have sad, I have sad. (laughs) But what do you do? I have sad breaking
2: news. (laughs) Soccer legend Diego Maradona dies at age 60. Holy shit, what, what? I just came across the bottom line on ESPN. Did they say how? I know. I was waiting to see that, and they did not.
1: Oh, here I thought you were going to be a bit of a troll and just say there's only going to be two games of football on Thanksgiving because they had to move Ravens versus Steelers because of COVID. That is another.
2: That's another bit of breaking news. But uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll cheers our beers to uh, Diego Maradona.
1: Yeah. Shit. And uh, we'll take a. Brief- I'm obviously not the biggest soccer fan, but that I do know that name. That that's kind of big. And 60s not that old, anyway, so shit.
2: Heart attack, apparently. Nineteen eighty-six wow. World Cup, won the Golden Ball. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll take, a, take a brief moment of silence for Diego Maradona,
3: and we'll be right back.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com.
2: Impact Wrestling, Andrew, you do a great job covering it. I always enjoy reading what you got going on over there. I'm not always able to catch up with what's happening with Impact. Uh, I appreciate what your brother's doing with WWE as well. I enjoy both your writings, but Impact What's going on? Talk to me, Goose.
1: Well, I mean, Impact didn't lose that love and feeling yet, so we don't have to go into a, any kind of a montage of singing or kind of whoa, like a musical. Oh,
2: that love and
1: feeling. <sighs> whoa, whoa, love. Now you got me started. Stop that. that that's like a that Chris thing to start singing. love feeling. Now feeling it's gone. It's gone, 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 gone. gone. whoa. whoa.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, anyway, ah, so, speaking of losing that love and feeling, which is actually an awkwardly perfect segue, we know who shot Johnny Bravo, any, because Rosemary decided to confess the fact that she never had that love and feeling for Johnny Bravo. She just wanted that virgin blood because of, you know, the the demonic kind of cliches and stereotypes where virgins give power to, to evil beings and spirits and shit. And um, apparently the person that shot him was not Rosemary. It was Larry D's alter ego that we were introduced to in Wrestlehouse, House, Lawrence D. And the reason why we knew it was him is because Johnny Bravo didn't die and he came back too to interrupt the wrestlers' court, and he said he smelled him. So that was a reference back to the uh, the ring rust per, uh, cologne that he was wearing. Yes, yes, that was that was kind of my reaction. I'm like, it was so fucking stupid. It took the piss out of the whole angle, and I'm just like, really? That that that's what we go with. Like, I I kind of appreciate all the the loose ends being tied up with, but ugh.
2: Can we go back to how excited they were when they first came up with this idea but failed to see, realize how excited people would be when he got shot and then the letdown would be when they actually explained it? Like, did they not
1: see the disconnect there? I I don't know. Like, that. that's my problem is because I kind of... I kind of loved the lead-up to a degree in the in the court because Madison Rain was his defense attorney, because the excuse was she's the only person in the company that kind of likes him. So they actually had Matt Stryker on commentary for that episode, and I miss Stryker. I love Stryker's work. Like they need to use him more. They need to get Matthews off the fucking desk and just have Stryker with Callis or Stryker with Rain. Or somebody, because Mat- Matthews isn't the worst. Let, let me let me be honest here. His nerdy kind of Michael Cole way of doing doing commentary is fine, but it needs to be carried. And if you don't have that strong personality to kind of call him a nerd and then kind of make interesting color remarks, he gets really really annoying and grating, and then you just kind of get sick of hearing his voice. So, more full full credit. Multiple kudos to Madison Rain for being able to marry him and hear that voice daily, and in in other in other kind of facets that we don't even want to imagine what that sounds like. Uh, could you how imagine, times, Josh? How Matthews many ti- pillows? How
2: many? Yeah, so I was just gonna say, <laughs> how many times does she ask him? Can you just turn the commentary off for 15 minutes so he can fuck?
1: Yeah. She's <laughs> like, just shut your mouth and fuck. <laughs> That's it Usually it's oh, the guy.
2: Usually shit. it's the guy going but it's Madison <laughs> Rain just placing your finger over just a...
1: <laughs> just, just no, no, no 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 you're gonna ruin it you're gonna ruin it <laughs> but yeah so I I did like Johnny Swinger's really old dated kind of references cause he came to the he came to the hearing in a neck brace cause he heard it was gonna get him sympathy made a Tommy Rich joke at the end then he, he's just like you know he he's got like he he's like I've got movie deals I'm I'm like the biggest thing in impact I'm like the O.J. Simpson of wrestling and then Dreamer's like when was the last time you watched the news and he goes I don't know Daddy 1991 what something happened and he goes oh oh <laughs> so there there was enough jokes in there that I appreciated and D'Lo Brown was uh said to be from the the nation of litigation so I, I kind like of, I kind of I kind of liked the little jokes shout out but to, it uh... it definitely fell flat.
2: Shout out to D-Lo and Tommy Rich, friends of friends of the chair. Brown, friends of the chair. Shout, Tommy! Hey, Tommy Rich dubbed yes. Tommy Rich dubbed DP and
1: myself Alphabet Soup. Oh, he's the one that did that. Okay, mm-hmm. and now you added AJ just to add more letters to the alphabet. There we go. So this is just perfect. Now I understand your your uh, your idea for co-host now, and that's I... also why you call Platt CP when he was on DWI. <laughs> like people just can't have names. <laughs> it's, I believe
2: I believe in too many cooks in the kitchen.
1: Fair enough, but yeah. Speaking, yeah, that that also kind of works because that's just kind of how that last impact episode felt. There's a lot going on. It was a lot of entertainment. swaggle was the phenomenal uncle that Carl Anderson brought out. I and heard about that. They they dedicated they dedicated nicely. Like they steered into the whole AJ Styles skit because they played as Tron. They played the old "Get Ready to Fly" Grits rap version, and then. Swaggle comes out in AJ Styles pants and the gloves and everything, even starts out the match doing the AJ Styles strike blitz with the back fist and everything. But eh Ethan Page ended up screwing himself because he got overly confident, cocky, got distracted, then got rolled up by uh the wee nominal AJ Swaggle. Oh my god. We nominal.
2: Yeah, yes. He, so uh, Swaggle's in one of my like probably top ten favorite matches ever.
1: You you need to extrapolate, buddy. WLC.
2: I have a mark for WeLC.
1: Yeah, and that explains so much. Oh, it come really on. WeLC <laughs> was great. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, so I, I mean, don't know. Impact, okay, listen, Impact was marginally entertaining. Hold on. I it s- wasn't the best episode. But, I, I, uh, say that, I, say, go. I
2: say that from a, like a and shop of mania perspective.
1: Oh, Okay. Okay. That's better. Thank you. All right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's fine, because I, I love the Lucha Libre death match between Chico's team and Chavo's team. That will probably go down. It's one of my favorite things ever, and that was just so moronic, but it was perfect in Twilight zone So I get, I get what you're getting at. But yeah, so Impact's still fine. It's still trucking along. The last episode fell, fell flat a little to me, and I just hope it recovers, which it should. They've got plenty of storylines going on. They just need to... Uh, Get away from this fucking fucking shoe shot, Johnny Bravo bullshit. <sighs> yeah, there's that. Hopefully, Joe Doran keeps doing his good work because I, I love Killer Joe in All Japan. You know, he's, he's multiple time Triple Crown champion. He's won their tag league, their tag titles. He's he's fucking serious. Like even though people in the states don't know him, and people were trying to run him down as like Bradshaw Light or who is this dorky cowboy looking motherfucker, he is more like Stan Hansen Light. And not that light. Like, he's athletic. He's huge. He will fucking kill you if he cares. I've seen him pull off some lazy matches. But so far in Impact, he looks motivated. And he looks like... He lives up to the Killer Joe moniker. That's all I'm saying. So watch out for Doring to do some pretty big things in Impact.
2: Alright, folks. That has been our trip around the world via plane, train, and automobile. Make sure you check that movie out. This weekend, we'll be right back to wrap up the show.
1: TheChairShot.com.
0: Always use your head. They want to hear the Thanksgiving song. Uh, Fuck yeah, they want to hear it. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it.
1: Love to eat turkey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> love to eat turkey. Oh, I love you. I love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat turkey
0: like a good boy should, cause it's turkey to eat, so good. That clapping's messing my head up, man. I appreciate it. But I was was trying to think of the next line. I'm like, all I hear is clapping. Uh, Here we go. Thanks anyways. Turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table.
2: I once saw a movie with Betty, Betty Grable. Andrew, uh, we record on Thanksgiving Eve, the show report, uh, post, <clears throat> squeeze me, Thanksgiving Eve, or Thanksgiving night, I'm sorry,
1: man, ugh. I, took my shoe, mm. I took my shoe off and threw myself off. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even clapping, so that's good. Yeah, but you, I can't. I can't blame you. Or, I can't blame can, that or the sun. <laughs> before you continue your uh, line of thought, uh, we have more not wonderful breaking news. I think because it oh, no literally boy. just popped up on my my news feed. No, what? That uh, you you don't need to play the music, but it's apparently Bob Ryder passed away, who was the co-founder of TNA with Jeff Jarrett. Oh wow! Or, and Jerry Jarrett, that kind of thing. So not exactly a hugely known name. But there's an irony of coming off talking about impact, and then my phone's just like, "This person passed away." I'm like, "Why do I know that?" Na- oh, oh yeah. So, founder of OneWrestling.com, co-hosted WCW Live in the late '90s, and co-founded TNA with Jeff and Jerry in 2002. So, you may not know the name, but you know, at least the company's still going strong and had an impact on the on the the wrestling world universe whatever you want to call it community
2: yeah i mean every from everyone at the chair shot we give our condolences friends and family um you know 2020 continues to do what it does it's even more reason to be thankful at this time um and thankful for Mm -hmm. what you have and and the family and friends that you do have and things of that nature because it could always be worse folks it could always be worse um speaking of thanksgiving I've, I've talked with many a people right here on this very ChairShot Radio network, and I want to know where you're going and what you're taking.
1: Ah. Well, you see, it, this is the beauty of having a, a small family and a smart marginally disconnected family, where I'm actually just doing a quiet Thanksgiving. I'm just kind of sticking here with myself. Adam's going to go with his mother, so... I don't know, I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy some football, enjoy a little bit of turkey breast, and really really play it low-key, because I don't want to be bothered, I don't want to bother anybody, I'm kind of, because I, I could have made plans, unlike Adam, I do make plans ahead of time, in case anybody's <laughs> wondering why DWI's uh, name was Aaron, what are we doing for Thanksgiving last week, I do normally make plans ahead of it, and so this is a fully fully aware and cognizant moment of I'm just going to leave people alone and do my own thing this year, especially with COVID and stuff like that. I just let let's 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 save the the big, big, happy bullshit for next year. What about you, bud?
2: i well, I prepared some things when I got home this morning uh, uh already, so a little seven layer salad, some uh bacon wrapped water chestnuts. To take over to the uncle's house and um, oh, know. that's nice. Yeah, can you name the seven layers in a seven-layer salad?
1: I can't. Can oh, there's, you? There's salad. I hope so. I just made it. <laughs> well, I don't know how much you've drank so far today. That's what I'm asking if you can. <laughs> I'm just gonna recount what
2: I did. There's salad. That's one. Then there's celery. <laughs> celery, chopped celery, green peppers. There's peas. Uh, there's cheese. There's bacon. And what's the seventh one?
1: I'm missing one. Oh, and red onions. Everything sounds good. The peas are a little weird in a salad, but like I didn't say them in it, order it of the layers. It doesn't sound unappetizing. It just sounds weird. It's well, you know, you you, you you make it in layers. So like, first
2: it's the salad, then it's the celery, then it's the green peppers, then the peas make a sheet above that. Then you put mayo on top of the uh, that, cover that up. Then you got the red onion, and then you got the bacon and the
1: cheese right on top. Oh, so good.
2: Okay. You put a little sugar With in the With that kind
1: of uh, display, that actually looks, that sounds really good. Oh, yeah, when you cut it and look at it, it's... I mean, little... bacon and cheese make most things better, so, like, right I on can't top, really brother. complain about that. Right on top to bring people in. <laughs> exactly so that that's cool that's nice. you keeping it small with the uncle or uh it's yeah. it's gonna be a, the no normal? it's
2: it's it's me, and my mom and stepdad, my sister, her husband they're ten month old um uh, my aunt and uncle they have two boys um one of them has a girlfriend that's that's everybody and no one no one's really doing anything. no one's been going anywhere everybody works from home pretty much so
1: Mhm. Oh, well, that that's good. At least it's still mostly safe even though it's a decent number of people. And
2: that's cool. And we're all so, gonna, and we're all going to wear a full suit of knight's armor. So, it's going to sound like
1: I don't know, see, but it, it's it's not a funky. hazmat suit, so they're still going to get you for that. That's not productive enough. What's your problem? So, anyway, so let, let's just hope that you know y'all have fun. Stay safe. Keep everybody keep everybody's thoughts and safety in mind and i don't know what the hell that noise was but everybody probably heard it my computer said happy thanksgiving everyone oh that's so nice of the computer listen to that now kill it before skynet takes over speaking of kill it let's kill the show so you can find me on twitter at iwc warchief and on the chair shot with different articles that just if it's not wwe or roh i probably do it Tunny, will your computer let you talk? I hope so. You can find
2: me at PC Tunny. You can find me all over the chairshot.com. Follow Christopher Platt at the real C Platt. Head on over to the ChairShot.com. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. There's something for
1: everyone. Use your head. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat turkey like a good boy should. Let's get going.